Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 99 of The Storytellers with Alka Joshi, a true literary sensation. Alka burst on the literary scene with her debut novel, The Henna Artist. It got recognized by Reese Witherspoon, became a New York Times bestseller, both for the audiobook and the paper version. She's now brought us a wonderful trilogy, The Secret Keeper of Japur and The Perfumist of Paris. I'm so excited that she joins us today from California. You will be captivated by her books, just as you will be captivated by this interview. Alka, thank you for joining me at the Storyteller's Microphone. Thank you, Grace, for having me. I think this is lovely. Well, I'm so excited to have you for so many reasons. Anybody who has ever watched an interview of you or just seen this now or read one page of your book knows that calling you a literary sensation is exactly right. You are a delight to the senses, both visually, audio, book-wise. Talk a little bit about the confidence of saying you're a literary sensation, but also the beautiful use of that word because of how you impact every single one of our senses. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. That's very kind. Uh, I actually think it's my assistant who calls me a literary sensation because she's the one sending out all these bios. And I always say to her, Sarah, you're going a little bit over the top here. <laughs> I've just written like three books. Uh, but um, but I, I think that the most remarkable thing about the last several years that uh, these three books have been published is that I don't know that I ever imagined I would become a full-time author, that it was never on my game plan uh, for life. And before this, I was doing all my marketing and advertising, and I just thought, I'll just do that until I retire. Um, so it came as a complete surprise to me when the henna artist uh, was this uh, a sensation. Um, you know what happened is when uh, the henna artist went off to be printed, uh, I was uh, asked by the publisher to come to New York and to Toronto. So I flow out there, you know, they've, they've got drivers and everybody picking me up and so on. And I went to, in Toronto, to the 42nd floor of uh, this building where HarperCollins is. I entered the lobby and my book was all over the lobby. They had every single cover, just, you know, floor to ceiling. And I was so, um, I think, surprised. I was taken aback. I thought, well, that's very nice. Then they had a champagne toast and all the staff came to that. And then they had um, this cake with, you know, the henna artist cover on it. And they had me do videos and different things like that. And at the end of the day, they were putting me back on the plane. And I said to my handler, I said, Brandy, this is so nice that you guys do this for your authors. And he said, Alka, we don't do this for every author. We are expecting the henna artist to be a really big book. And that was the first time that it hit me oh my gosh, this might be a really big book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Sarah chooses very wisely in calling you a sensation. And your publisher certainly um, knew what they were talking about. Um, you know, I love to say, looking at authors' lives, that you were an overnight success. Even you were surprised. But, you know, I've done a little bit of digging. 30 drafts of The Henna Artist? That's right, 30 drafts in 10 years. 
Uh, I really thought that authors just sort of wrote something and then you send it off to the publisher and all of a sudden you're sitting at a bookstore signing books. And there's so much I've learned uh, since my first year in the MFA program. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of those things is it really takes as long as it takes to write that first book. Your debut novel is really the playing ground and also the learning ground for everything that comes after it. What you learn to do are um, things like grounding your story in a setting, uh, making sure that you understand what your characters are feeling so you can put that on the page, um, you know, determining whether your setting is actually going to become a character in the story. These are all very uh, good building blocks that you learn and you can't know them all right away. You know, you have to do trial and error, trial and error, which is why, uh, you know, I was up to 30 <laughs> drafts by the time it was published. Well, I, I'm so glad you shared that because, you know, many of us, particularly, you know, you were waiting to retire and then this was a new venture for you, if you will. So how did you find the patience for the 30 drafts? I'm not a patient person, first of all, Grace. So that required a heroic effort on my part. But I am lucky in my choice of partner. My husband is also a writer. And uh, when I would get totally frustrated with, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're asking me to do one more draft. My agent wants it or my editor wants it or whatever. He would just say, Alka, put everything down. Go around the block. Just walk around the block or go swimming or do something because you need to take a break away from it. And sure enough, when I would come back after 20 minutes, sometimes I wouldn't approach it again for a month or three months. Um, but when I came back, I was always refreshed and I had ideas for where the story could go next. Uh, so I think that um, it really helps to have somebody in your life who understands the writing world and knows that, um, you know, you're never going to get it right the first time. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The writing community, fellow authors, and in my case, also my husband, thank goodness for his patience and his perseverance around my own writing. You talked about 30 drafts. Is it a dramatically different book or is it a dramatically better book? It's a dramatically better book. Um, the only reason that uh, an agent takes on a new um, uh, debut author is because they see something in the book that is big. And in my case, what my agent said was, she could tell that the character of Lakshmi had a very strong voice. And indeed, I love writing in the first person so I can get really close to the character. Yes. So I'm very close to Lakshmi's voice. And she said, that voice is so strong that if we can make everything else just as strong, the other story elements, I know that we have uh, something to sell. So that was her take on it. And I never looked at books that way like do they have a strong voice or not but yeah now when i read books and um i'm evaluating it with the same uh sort of eye that she had i see that a very strong voice does make a really good book so it had the bare bones and then everything that we layered on top with all of the different revisions just made it better and better and more complete it's such a, an incredibly rich book. So talk to me now about 10 years in that process, then The Secret Keepers of Jaipur and The per Perfumist of Paris. Obviously not 10 years. What was that process like for you? In The Henna Artist, because it did take me 10 years, I had 
pretty much written out the future stories of each of the major characters. I knew what Lakshmi was going to do. I knew whom she would marry. I knew exactly what uh, Malik was going to do in the Himalayas and then in Jaipur and all of the gold issues involved. Uh, and I knew that Radha was going to elope with a young Parisian whom she met uh, while she was in school in her last year in the Himalayas. He was trekking through. Um, they fell in love. And uh, isn't it interesting that Notre Dame du Paris became their sort of love uh, love note? Yeah. Um, but they, uh, she would go off to Paris with him and then she would have two little girls. I actually had all of that written out, but it got cut out of the henna artist because the henna artist is really Lakshmi's book and we can only take it up so far. Uh, so that's what I decided to do. And everybody else, you know, said cut, 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 cut. So the henna artist became a better book also because of that, because it got very fine tuned into what Lakshmi is doing. And because I knew these future stories, it became very easy to write. The second book and the third book, uh, I had so many of the bones already constructed. You do such an amazing job of bringing voice. And I happen to love reading first person and writing first person. That um, is uncomfortable for some um, authors and some readers. But you do bring such strong voice to your characters. Talk about the voice of your mother and how you brought that forward, please. And what you really hope your readers will take away from, particularly your female readers, what they'll take away from your work. My mother was the kind of woman who, even though she didn't have a very independent life, uh, independent from society, independent from her arranged marriage, independent from parents who wanted her, wanted to mold her in a certain way. Even though she didn't have that independence, she always made sure that I would have that independence. Um, I don't think I realized it as a little girl, but as I got older, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, my mother has sacrificed a lot and fought with my father to make sure that I could go to whatever school I wanted. I could marry whomever I wanted. I could have any career that I wanted. And um, I think that she did everything very indirectly. She never actually confronted my father. She just sort of, you know, wo uh, wove her way into him saying, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, and so I imbued Lakshmi with that characteristic. So this is the way in which Lakshmi is very much like my mother. Uh, she goes about things very indirectly. She never wants to, uh, and I don't think that she would be allowed to as a woman in 1955 to just say, this is what I want, or you should do this now. Uh, she's always uh, circuitously, you know, making it all happen. And that is very much like my mother. The other thing about Lakshmi is that um, she has these uh, green eyes and so does, so did my mother. And I have blue gray eyes uh, because of some generational thing in our family family and my younger brother has green eyes. And so I um, have Lakshmi, the way that Lakshmi is described in the book is exactly what my mother looked like. And uh, I think that because of that eye color that my mother had, and she was very fair, she was often mistaken for an English person, an Anglo. Um, and I think that actually made her feel a little other than yes. in India, that made her feel a little other. Um, and I think that she would not have wanted that for me, although moving to the United States, once again, I was the other because I'm, I was then in a sea of people who didn't look like me. Right. 
So when you draw these characters and you bring up voices, I've, I've heard you in other interviews talk about giving voice to um, certainly individuals like your mom. But what do you want your what do you want your readers to be empowered by or walk away with? I love the idea of being able to pay my mother's um, uh, gift to me forward. And that gift is to let every woman know that she deserves the life that she wants, that she deserves uh, to be heard. Uh, if there is something in her life she wants to pursue, she should be able to pursue that without anybody getting in the way. Um, so I do want the women uh, who read the book to take that away from my very strong female characters. Life isn't always easy when you are trying to push boundaries. It's not always easy when you are going against the grain of what society has uh, deemed you should be doing or want. Um, but, and, and so my characters do run up against obstacles. They do have people in their lives who are tr trying to keep them from getting what they want. But in the end, they do persevere. And maybe they don't get exactly all of what they want, uh, as we find out in The Perfumist of Paris, uh, but they get enough of it so that they can be good with themselves. You know, they can feel uh, like they have self-respect and that they have integrity. So I think that in that way, I really want women to walk away with that. And indeed, I have so many writers who write to me and say, this has given me an idea. Your books, The Henna Artist, The Secret Keeper, The Perfumist, these books have given me the strength to go do what I really want to do in my life. That uh, just, you, you know, seeing you with your gray hair talking about all of these books and these women, it makes me want to do uh, things that I thought I had to give up because I had a family, because I had children because I had, you know, other people to take care of. And now maybe I can go back uh, to my passions. Um, well, as you and I were talking off screen, you know, the storytellers is very much about leaving your mark on the world through the art of story. And so you're not only doing it through your amazing trilogy and what will come, but now that you've also impacted a whole array of authors and women who feel, I love that you talked about, you know, integrity and self-confidence. And uh, if we could wish that for everybody, uh, we would all be uh, in a much better place. Uh, before we talk about what's next, uh, I'd like to just talk about the Netflix series is coming. Um, wow. <laughs> isn't, isn't it amazing? I, I, uh, I'm so excited about oh, everybody who's working on it. And I know that Frida Pinto is very excited about playing Lakshmi and she has a lovely demeanor. She's uh, very serious and she is thoughtful and she is kind. And I think she has all the attributes that we're looking for in Lakshmi. So we don't have a time frame yet. And, and I think that that needs a whole lot of more patience that you said you don't have. <laughs> but, you know, because I'm so busy writing all these other books, I don't I don't think about it. Uh, luckily, that is on, a, on a, another burner. <laughs> and I have nothing to do with it because I, I sold my option and I gave away my right to do anything with that. So I'm not involved in the day to day. 
Let's talk about, before all the other books then, one of the things I've really been reflecting on just personally and through my author preparation for this interview is this stage in our life, um, I do something about not having gray, but I'm as gray as you are. <laughs> At this stage in our lives, I'm really believing that it's about embracing and also letting go, that we need to fiercely embrace all the positive things and also learn to let things go. You had talked about um, selling your rights away, which is phenomenal and fabulous. But what is it like to let go in that sense, whether it's with the audiobook or with this beautiful trilogy of the henna artist, the secret keeper of Japur, and the perfumist of Paris? What's it like to let go? Well, Grace, here's the thing. Because I created these characters, they are living in me. Nobody can ever take that away. You know, these characters uh, will stay with me until the day I die. And they are lovely people. Um, yes, they're not perfect. They have their foibles, but um, they are so close to my heart. So, you know, I may give away the right to a particular story, but these characters are always mine. And the way that I have imagined them is also, you know, mine. Um, in The Perfumist of Paris, we learn, you know, this whole idea of letting go. We learn that Radha cannot have it all. You know, none of us can have it all. We all have to let go at certain times in our lives. One of the things that Radha is struggling with is uh, when she's at home, is she spending enough time at work? And when she's at work, am I spending enough time with my daughters and my husband? And I think that these are issues we all deal with in our lives, especially we women who are responsible for caretaking for so many people and so many things. Um, I think that we're constantly questioning how much much uh, we can let go in one area and focus on another. So um, I, I think letting go uh, has its advantages, but it also means that something else has got to go if you let go of one thing. Oh, that's a fabulous answer. Now tell me about all these other books that you're writing. <laughs> in uh, 1937, there is a nurse working in Bombay at an exclusive ward of a hospital. She is given a charge uh, for, uh, let's see, a uh, Indian uh, painter, very famous Indian painter, a female, who is um, fashioned after a real life painter who died in 1941. She was half Indian and half Hungarian. And uh, in her time, she uh, was very famous. Um, this painter uh, is admitted to the hospital. Uh, she dies six days later and the nurse is blamed. The nurse loses her job and she spends the rest of the story trying to figure out what happened to this patient to, uh, you know, for her to have come into the hospital with such a, a serious illness. She goes to the three major uh, places in Europe that the painter either lived or she studied painting and that is Prague and Paris and Florence. So I recently went to each of those cities. I talked to academicians. I spoke to um, various uh, art history buffs and, uh, you know, people who really understand the tram system, how you get around from one place to another. So I really wanted to understand what was happening in these three cities in 1937. This is the interwar period between the First World War and the Second World War. So there's a lot of things in flux. There are a lot of things in flux at this point. And I was interested in covering uh, you know, there are so many things in flux in the nurse's life as mm -hmm. is uh, being repeated in the environment around her. 
And when can we look for this to come out? Uh, I believe that that is slated to come out in 2024, probably late 2024. Um, it just all depends on whether I get my draft in on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it won't be 30 drafts. Um, Alka, you are truly a sensation. You, I, I couldn't have enjoyed my interview with you more. I hope you'll come back and talk to me about your next book when it comes out. I absolutely will. And I look forward to the invitation. <laughs> Thank you, Alka. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. We're going on hiatus for about a month. We'll be back in September. So thanks for joining us on the award-winning Storytellers. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode because... When our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.